Hello everyone and welcome back to Self Interrupted, the top 50 South African podcast with your host Kit Costello. We're back, it's episode 7 and we're talking about London Fashion Week. You guys, it's been a hectic week. It's currently Sunday morning. This is unprecedented. I normally record maybe on a Monday, maybe on a Sunday night, maybe on a Sunday afternoon. Sunday morning? It's 8.30 right now, you guys. Bestie Kit is busy. I'm gonna be real. I have a casting in like a couple of hours. So I'm doing this podcast because I'm not letting the besties down. I don't care how busy I am. I do not care. The besties are gonna get an episode of Self Interrupted on a Wednesday at 6 a.m. UK time. Let that be known straight away. But yes, like I said, I've had a very busy week because it's London Fashion Week currently, which also, can I just get into the fact that London Fashion Week started on a Friday. No, illegal. Sorry, sorry. Do not start London Fashion Week on a Friday. Because I did one show. We'll get into it. This is what the bulk of this episode is going to be about, that one show. But like, why are you starting the week on a Friday? Because I did the show and I was like, okay, that's me done for the week. Start London Fashion Week on a Sunday or a Monday. Do not be starting it on a Friday because it just like kills the vibe. Anyway, speaking about weeks, let's talk about what I've been getting up to in my past week. So for the weekly catch up, God, I don't even know what to talk about. I'm going to be real. I'm sitting here. I'm thinking, girl, what the fuck did I do in the week that isn't a casting? I'm going to get some things together. Let's get it cooking. So what was I doing? Oh, the pheasants. Can you hear the pheasants? Sorry if you can hear the ambiance of me living on a farm. If you don't remember, I'm a farm girl. I live on a farm. No, it's true. But this past week, like I said, has been hectic with castings and a show. Other than that, I... Okay, this is actually a really slay purchase of me. I got a digital camera. A cheap one from eBay. Now, listen, I love that kind of aesthetic. I think it's like early 2000s digital camera vibes. So I went on the internet and I was like, okay, which camera do I get to achieve this aesthetic? And the children were saying to buy like a 60 pound digital camera. And I was like, no bestie, you don't understand the aesthetic I'm wanting. I'm wanting like cheap old 2000s. And they're like, yeah, no, this is the camera you need to get. And I said, oh no, like I'm not spending that much on a camera that I want to, you know, unironically look a bit crap. I go on eBay and they're all so expensive. Please, uh, they're fooling us out of our money to buy these digital cameras. But I found one. I did on eBay. It was £12. And I'm gonna tell, I think I have it right here. Do I have it? I currently have a bag right next to me. Is this kind of like ASMR for you guys? Kit Costello goes through their modeling bag. No, it's not in here, but it's like a, I think it's Panasonic. And it, the fla- you know what I love about it? The flash goes off every time. That's that's what I wanted. And if you want to see what it looks like, I took some pictures and I posted them on my Instagram at kit.costello. Those pictures are really slay. And I just love how crap it looks. And I also like that you can just bring it around everywhere. I know that you're probably thinking, Kit, you could literally just use your phone. Like, bestie, there's a camera, there's two cameras on your phone. But I don't know, for me, like, I like an external camera that I then upload onto Instagram. I don't know, like, that's just me kind of vibes. What else happened this week? I rediscovered my love for Hannah Montana songs. I did. It's true. Now, Beth at Cinderella by Hannah Montana. No, it's an anthem. You don't understand. That's history. Grammy nominated, Oscar winning song. And the whole premise of it is like when a guy likes you or someone likes you enough that they like you when you're not at your highest form, when you're not Cinderella. It's now 1am, you're in rags, you're barefoot, but the guy still wants to dance with you. That's what Barefoot Cinderella is all about. Oh girl, the way it's already gone into the self-interrupted top 10 charts, like... It has, like, I'm not gonna lie. If you think about it realistically, I am Hannah Montana. Grew up on a farm and I'm like a model. 
I guess that doesn't make me Hannah Montana at all. She's like a superstar. But like, bitch, so am I and so are you. Like, we're all superstars. I feel like Hannah Montana is a great show to grow up with because it just lets the children know that you can be anything you want. Mama, you can have the best of both worlds, just like she said. O also a great song. I, I don't listen to that one that much. I like the deep cuts of Hannah Montana, the B-sides that the children don't really listen to. And also you want to get into Hannah Montana music? Let's talk about Crazier, Taylor Swift, Hannah Montana's The Movie Soundtrack. Not the exclusive Taylor Swift song on the Hannah Montana The Movie Soundtrack. Please. And then you'll always find your way back home. Sung by Miley Cyrus slash Hannah Montana, written by Taylor Swift. If there's someone that doesn't watch Hannah Montana listening right now, they're going to be like, uh, okay. But no, I very much reconnected my love to Hannah Montana. And I was actually working on the farm yesterday. I know. Again, best of both worlds. Let's get into that real quick. I walked runway on Friday. And then the next day, the next morning, I was up in the farm office in rags doing some office work. But what was I watching? I was watching Hannah Montana Forever season four. And I kind of just skipped through all of the episodes. And girl, that show is so fucking good. I'm not even going to lie. There's the episode where, sorry if you just don't care for Hannah Montana, but I'm going to get into it. There's an episode where Hannah Montana reveals her identity as Miley Stewart, which by the way, let's get into that real quick. If Ariana Grande took out her ponytail and was like, hi, my name's Janine Baker. Girl, no one would give a fuck. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, who cares? But like, everyone seemed to care that like Miley Stewart was Hannah Montana. But anyway, there's the episode where she reveals her identity. And then the next episode is just like a whole fake interview with Miley Stewart about being Hannah Montana, which kind of wraps up like the whole show together because Hannah Montana Forever is the last season. This is like so unnecessary. Not this being like the Hannah Montana recap podcast. I need to stop because I can honestly go on about this forever. So this week I got a new camera. I rekindled my love for Hannah Montana. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. I did a casting and then I went straight to a Starbucks and I edited last week's episode of the podcast in a Starbucks in London. You guys, I felt like an adult. I was sitting downstairs, click clacking away at my laptop. Mm -hmm. And you know what I was doing? I was giggling to myself. Oh, I was giggling and I was looking around to make sure no one thought I was crazy. Cause all they could see on my screen was just like an audio file, me like cutting it, cutting it up. And I was just like cackling. I don't know, last week's episode kind of got me together. I'm not gonna lie. Like it made me laugh. I think it's probably around about time that we get into my London Fashion Week experience, okay? Sorry if you literally just came here to listen to me talk about London Fashion Week and you just heard me talk about Hannah Montana for like 10 minutes. But like, that's what you get with self-interrupted. It's a mixture of things. But anyway, let's get into my London Fashion Week experience. I really wanna start this section off with the castings that I've done. Every single day last week I had a casting, which is just so incredible. I loved it. But I wanna take you through each one and just like a little anecdote from each one, okay? So the first casting is the one that I flopped and I talked about that last week. So if you wanna hear about that casting, you can go to last week's episode. But from that casting, I learned that I wanted to do my hair differently. If you're a model and you're listening to this, I would recommend going to each casting with like a staple look and a staple hair because you don't have to worry about that in the morning then. You don't have to think, oh, what am I gonna wear? No, you just wear the same thing. You know what I wear? I wear a denim vest, denim trousers, and a little heeled boot. And I scrape my hair into a half up, half down Ariana style. Mm -hmm, yeah. And then I get to step in and I go to the casting. But if I was like, oh my gosh, what do I have to wear today? I'd be stressed out about that. And you don't wanna be stressing out when you have a casting to get to. That's the last thing you wanna be worrying about. So from that casting that I flopped, I learned so much. I, I felt more confident in, at these castings. The next casting I did was for a brand called, it was called L something. I can't really remember it, but it was such a sleigh. It was so good. And it was a last minute casting. To describe their outfits, it was very, very dainty, very feminine, all laced up corsets and stuff. And instantly I didn't really think that I was gonna get it because I'm six foot two. And I just didn't think that I was their vibe. I'm much more 
more androgynous and I think that they were going for a much more feminine look, which is fair. But I got there, I got out of Liverpool Street and I was running in these heels. It was kind of unnecessary running, I'm gonna be real, but it was one of those castings that I got very last minute, but I had another casting on top of that, which I'll get to in a second. It's in this like really random building. I walked up like two flights of stairs and I went into this door and it was just like a hairdresser's. And I was like, what's going on here? It was like a barber and they were all men. So I screamed. So I kind of opened the door and I had to shut it real quick. And I went up the stairs again and then they were there. And going into a casting, it's kind of intimidating. I'm going to be real. Like you walk in and this room was packed full of models. And they were really friendly at this casting as well. And I actually met someone. I met a kittenator at one of the castings, at a couple of the castings last week, which was so, so cool. But yeah, I walked and they had to kind of stop me mid-walk because I was walking too fast. It was like a little studio. It was almost like a dance studio, baby. But I could see all the outfits and they were kind of cool. I think they weren't necessarily my vibe because they didn't look, I don't know. I don't know if it's kind of rude. They didn't look incredibly like expensive. I don't know. Is that kind of rude? I don't know. I walked and she told me to stop because I was going too fast. And then I had to walk again. But I felt kind of confident. But then she just said, oh, we'll get back in touch with you if you want a fitting. Which basically means we don't want you. Which was totally fair. Because Bestia had another casting to get to. Which was for someone called Paul Costello. Which was so funny. Like, that's my father. No, it is. The nepotism is really popping off. I get to that casting. And I'm opening the door. And then someone else said that they're a kittenator. I was like, oh my gosh, Bestie, that's such a slate. I was frantic at this point, you guys. Reminder, I'm running through London from casting to casting. This is the same day. I'm sweating, I'm hot. I'm also just wearing like a denim vest and trousers and it's kind of cold outside, but I'm like sweating and I'm hot. And you know when you've been outside and you're listening to music and then you get inside and someone's trying to talk to you, you're so out of it, like you're spaced out. Sorry, I haven't even described what it was like. It was basically like a stairwell and at the top of the stairwell is where like a couple of models were just like sitting around. And then there was a room where I could see one model like walking in. And I was asking these models and I was like, what, what do I do, what happens? And then one of them was like, is this your first casting? And I was like, oh no, I'm just completely out of my mind right now. I don't know what is going on. But they were really sweet. They were like, oh my gosh, no, just go in. I think a lot of people have a misconception of models that they're bitches. I've never met a rude model. Every single model I've met at a casting, at a show, has just been lovely. There was a model Hmm, do I talk about this? There was a model at the show that I did on Friday who I've walked with before, who always just gives me the dirtiest looks. I don't know why. And I know him from social media. I don't know him personally, but like he always be looking like death stares. You guys, I'm serious. And you know when you can feel someone looking at you? I felt him looking at me and I was like, okay, kid, don't look at him. Cause I was like, he's about to pounce, bitch. Like he was like mad. But I was like, I can't just keep him. He can't just keep staring at me. So I kind of looked at him hoping he'd look away and he didn't. Now bear in mind, I'm stressed. I was walking runway this day. I'll get back to the castings in a second, but we need to talk about this guy that was just staring at me for a sec. This guy was just staring at me and he was doing it all throughout the day. We were having meetings with the director of the show and all the models and the designers were standing around and he was just staring. Before you say, oh, he might've had a crush on you, no bitch. You know when someone looks at you and you feel like they hate you? It was that and I was like, you guys. Maybe I was making it up in my head, but anyway. Back to the casting with Paul Costello, my father. I get into the room and yeah, I just walk. I walk for my father, Paul Costello. He looked at my comp card and he said, oh my gosh, 6-1. And that was a bit of a sign that he wasn't gonna cast me because I think a lot of his clothing was more for feminine framed people. It wouldn't have worked well with my body type because I'm taller, so maybe the garments wouldn't have hit the floor, etc. But I walked for him and he said that I had a really good walk and I was like, oh my gosh, Bestie, thank you so much. But I didn't get that job. So kind of in that good pool. Bestie out here, 
telling lies to me. He said, oh, your walk is so good. Okay, Paul, why don't you go ahead and hire me then? But he was really sweet. So there's no hatred toward Paul Costello. That's my bestie. Okay. Oh my gosh, the next casting, the chaos that ensued at this casting, you guys, I don't even wanna talk about it. This casting is the show that I got. It was for the London College of Fashion and the casting was just as hectic as the show. Oh my gosh, you guys. I honestly can't. The actual casting process was totally fine. Did I have a crush on the casting director? Yeah, I did. I hope you're not listening to this, Bestie, but if you are, take me out. Okay, where do I even begin? So I did the casting. It was just in the university. Literally just like got there, gave him my comp card, did a little walk, did a little one-two step. And he was like, oh my gosh, slay. So then he took me straight into a fitting. Now I walk into this room and there's just rails and rails of clothes. Cause you need to think, this is the London College of Fashion, darling. This is serious. All of these students, they're all showing their looks off at this show. So there's so many. And I fit for three looks. So let me describe these looks real quick. The first look I fitted for was, I don't even know how to describe it. It had low-waisted trousers that flared out at the ends, but they were very tight. So they kind of had like corsetry going on in the trouser and there was excess fabric at the ends, almost like flared out. But let me tell you, let me tell you right now, this fabric, it was not light. It was heavy, thick material that when I walked, it would like go under my shoes, which the shoes were custom. They were like little heels that had fabric on the ends of the shoes, which is just jail in and of itself. Like, what are we doing? Putting fabric at the excess fabric. And I'm not talking like a little pissy bit of fabric at the end of the trouser. No, I'm talking like an extra foot of thick fabric that goes under my shoes on top of the fabric that's on the shoes going under my shoes. So they were just wanting me to fall over at this point. And I was walking in the fitting and I was tripping. I'm going to be real. I was slipping and sliding. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I had like this top that I wore, which was a sleigh top. It was like tight fitted and it had like cups for the boobs. And then I had like a corset on top of that and then like a cloak. So that was that look. Okay. The next look I wore was like a telephone wire look. It was so heavy. It was like a jumpsuit that was all black telephone wire. Again, kind of hard to walk in just because it was putting me off balance because the legs were very, very heavy, but it was walkable and the shoes were very easy. It was kind of a chill look. The next look was the easiest to walk in. It was beautiful. The design was really, really lovely. Not that the other two weren't, but this designer was like specifically lovely. Maybe it's just a bit of favoritism because it was so easy to walk in, but it was just like a nice little pair of tights and then just a cloak and a nice little heel. And that was it. I did my little one, two step and I got confirmed for the show like the next day, which was great. So that was that fitting. But now let me get into the story of why this fitting was complete chaos. So not only was I walking in front of all these like students, all these designers and like almost slipping over, like that was a bit of chaos in and of itself. But while I was getting changed, cause bear in mind, I'm getting practically naked in this room full of people, which I was comfortable with, it was totally fine. But there was this guy and I was like, I know you from somewhere. I don't know if you guys get this as well. When I recognize someone and I can't place them, I'll kind of place them with like a feeling almost. And with this feeling, I got like romance. I was like, oh, romance. I don't know what we've done together. Have I matched with you on Hinge, on Raya, on Tinder? Like what's going on? I just couldn't place him. And I saw him for a second. He came in and out of the room. And that's all I was thinking of during the fitting. I was like, I know this guy from somewhere. So anyway, I finish off the fitting and the casting. And I say to the casting director, I'm like, can I use your bathroom? Like, where's the bathroom? And he said, it's just down there. I go into the bathroom and I see this guy again. I'm screaming. He's shaving in the bathroom. Okay, slay. I finished using the bathroom. I come out and I look at him and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Who are you? And you guys, when I tell you I was so close to being like, oh my gosh, it's been so long. How have you been? Thank God I didn't. I was home for about a couple of hours and it just hit me. 
This guy I randomly saw on TikTok one day. You know when someone goes up to someone and asks about that outfit? He was being questioned about his outfit. He was in a video for like no less than 10 seconds. I found his Instagram when I stalked him. And I like fantasized it was my boyfriend. Shut up, I don't wanna hear it. Stop screaming. He didn't even have like a following. He had like less than a thousand followers. He wasn't even like a social media person basically is what I'm trying to say. A couple of years ago this was. Ever since then I'd unfollowed him. I didn't even think about him twice. So I saw him at this fitting in this casting and I was like, oh, I know him, that's my bestie. Turns out, bitch, I just stalked him and fantasized that he was my boyfriend. And I was so close to going up to him and being like, oh my gosh, it's been so long since I've seen you in my dreams, Kit. Oh my gosh, that would have been so bad for me. Can you imagine? He would have been like, bitch, I don't know who you are. And I'd be like, no, of course you do. Uh, yeah, like, you know, all the times that we've met, which is never, you psychopath. Like, what am I doing? Anyway, I was in bed. I realized and my jaw was on the floor. Serious. I was like, oh my gosh, you were insane. I genuinely convinced myself that I knew this person and it was so bad for me. Anyway, so <laughs> moving on. The next casting was my first casting for Paris Fashion Week. If you don't know, I'm going to Paris for Paris Fashion Week, which is super exciting. Um, anyway, so I get to this casting and girl, girl, it was such weird vibes. I'm gonna be real. I got into an elevator. There was like a little mirror in the elevator. Cause one thing about fashion weeks and castings for fashion week, there's never a mirror. Put a mirror in the casting room, put a mirror backstage at London Fashion Week. I'm tired of it. I'm going on the runway in front of hundreds of people and you can't even put like a little mirror backstage just so I can do a little double take just to make sure. Anyway, so I wait my turn and I go in. I get in the room. Instantly, it's kind of weird vibes. I give him my comp card and he asks for my height in centimeters, which isn't necessarily weird, but girl, I don't know how to convert feet to inches to centimeters. Like that's not my profession, bestie. So anyway, he comes up with a number and he's like, okay, let's see you walk. But just before you walk, can you take your shoes off? And I was like, girl, take my shoes off. Not normal. I normally walk with my little boot heel on famously. Now, the reason I think he wanted me to take my shoes off is because I think he thought that I wanted to walk in the masculine category. This is the only explanation I can think of, but I'm not accustomed to walking barefooted. Like, no one is, that's so bizarre. And I know what you're thinking, Kit, isn't it easier to walk barefoot? Not at all. Because when you get accustomed to walking in a certain shoe, like a heel or a heeled boot, that's how you know how to walk. But masculine framed people, maybe they walk in flats more. I don't know, that's not my business. I don't walk in the masculine category ever. Okay, let that be known straight away. Anyway, so I take my shoes off and my feet are bleeding through my socks. Now, okay, yeah, I heard you gasp. The reason for this is, I didn't give you this bit of context. I had just done an editorial shoot for three hours at Central St. Martin's, mm-hmm, yeah. Now, I wanna preface that all of these castings were on different days, except for the Paul Costello one and the L one, but otherwise they were all on different days. So this French casting, I had just done a three hour editorial at Central St. Martin's for a designer, which was really, really fun. And I can't wait to show you those pictures. They'll be on my Instagram at kid.costello. Anyway, I was wearing these same shoes at that shoot. And these shoes, they're not necessarily uncomfortable, but if you're wearing them for like three hours and posing in them, I was doing some like back bending poses, literally. My feet were a little bit fucked. Like they were bleeding, I'm gonna be real. So getting to this casting, the last thing I wanted to do was show off my feet that were bleeding. But that's what I had to do. I take off my shoes, he gasps. I say, God, what do you expect? Did you want me to come out here with pedicured feet? 
I mean, I guess he wasn't expecting them to be bleeding, but like also I didn't expect to take my shoes off at this casting. So kind of like Loki instantly, as soon as I, he asked me to take my shoes off, I was like, oh, okay, I'm not getting this. Cause I'm not used to walking barefoot. So I walk and he's just like, okay, great. We'll get in contact with you again. He doesn't want me to walk for them, which is totally fine. Because with castings, you don't get every single one, girl. It's totally normal. It's fine. I walked away from it. I went to Costa and I just pondered the idea that I just walked barefooted for a casting agent. It was so bizarre. Those were my castings for London Fashion Week and one for Paris Fashion Week. Were they crazy? Yeah. Yeah, they were. Were they fun? Extremely. I got to meet kittenators. I got to meet the besties. It was chaos. It was madness, but I love castings, especially when you get a nice bunch of models at a casting because sometimes at castings you can kind of sense the vibe sometimes the models just don't want to talk but sometimes a model will come in and be like hey how's your day been and that is just so nice okay anyway so let's get into my first show of london fashion week 2023 the london college of fashion showcase I first of all want to preface before I start this story that this was probably one of my favorite shows I've ever done. Will it sound like that while I'm explaining the story? No. No. This story is chaos. I'm going to be real. This whole day, it started off so slow. The chaos that ensued, the absolute drama. It was so incredible. I loved every second of it. So going into the show, I thought that I was maybe doing two of these looks. If I was lucky, I was doing three. My mindset was, you might have a quick change, that's it. So day of, I'm making my way there. Do I make my way to the wrong place? Yeah, no, I do. I go to where I was doing the casting, but we're not doing it there, bestie. We're doing it in Brick Lane. I make my way from the wrong place to Brick Lane and I'm early. I'm walking around Brick Lane. Now, there was another show and it was chaos, you guys. I'm gonna be real. Whenever it's fashion week, it's very intimidating because you have influencers, you have press, and they're all kind of walking around. I'm not gonna lie. The children are walking around thinking they're better than you. And that shit pisses me off. Like, bestie, you're not better than me. I'm not better than you. But you're walking around in an outfit thinking that you're, you know, serving. Are you serving? Yeah. But like, that's something I really hate about Fashion Week. Not just the influencers, but just like the people that are invited to shows that just kind of like hang around after a show is finished. So for example, when I arrived at Brick Lane, a show had just finished and influencers were all like outside of the building and they were all just judging. And I was like, go shut up, like stop being rude. That's something I really don't like about Fashion Week is like the people that are invited can be super rude sometimes and think that they're a little better than you. I don't think I could be on that side of it. I think the modeling side of it is so much more friendly than the like being invited side of it. I think that that side is actually very toxic because it's a lot of like, how many shows have you been to this week? I've been to this show. I've been very busy. This London Fashion Week's been insane for me. I don't know. It kind of just rubs me the wrong way, that whole side of it. But anyway, that's not the point. I arrived at Brick Lane. Like I said, I was being judged by the influencers. Could I care less? No. I went to a thrift shop. I found a jumper that I absolutely loved. I didn't buy it, but I am going back to Brick Lane today because I went to Rough Trade, which is a record store, and I found How's Moving Castle on vinyl, the soundtrack. If you haven't watched How's Moving Castle, get into it. But after I went to Rough Trade, it was time. So I get to the location, I get in, I get signed in, I get given a wristband. It was super busy. Now, when I got in initially, it wasn't busy at all. It was just like a security guard that let me in. I was the only person at the reception. And he was like, are you here for the fashion show? And I was like, yeah, bestie, I'm modeling. Yeah, it's true. He gave me a little wristband and I was like, okay, VIP. And it said backstage on it. I know, famous. I went up these stairs and there was no one there. And I was like, oh, I'm the first one. Cause I was about 15 minutes early. And as I was walking, I could just hear murmuring, getting louder and louder and louder until I got there and I saw all of these models, the hair, the makeup team, the designers, the runners, like it was insane. It was so noisy. It was so busy. It was bustling. And at first I was a little bit intimidated. I'm not gonna lie because walking into a runway setting or like backstage of runway setting, you don't know who you're gonna talk to or who you're gonna gel with. So I just put my bags down. I went on my phone for a bit 
bit. I then get put into hair and makeup. Now, the hair and makeup was very boring. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be real. Like I'm on this podcast and I'm being real. You guys tell me why I was just giving like a center parting with dry shampoo. Oh my gosh, I'm screaming. I want, you know, it's London Fashion Week. I want cam. I didn't even get any gel. No gel at all. All throughout the time I'm getting my hair and makeup done, I'm thinking, what am I wearing? Because reminder, I'm thinking I'm only wearing maybe two of the three outfits I fitted for. So I get my makeup done. It's like foundation with white eyeliner. That's it. I understand why they did it very minimal because I was wearing multiple looks. So they just wanted it to be like simple hair, simple makeup that would go with any look. Something I also hated was the fact that everything had to be matte. My hair had to be matte and my makeup had to be matte, I guess for the lighting. But it was so frustrating because I love having very moisturized lips. This is a little bit of kit law that I'm dropping mid-sentence as usual. I need to have moisturized lips. So my makeup was finished and they're like, okay, don't put anything else on your lips. Bitch, I went straight away. I fixed my hair. I know this is really bad I shouldn't have done this and I put lip balm on because reminder this was about sorry I haven't been giving you guys timing so the cool time for the models to get to the location was two o'clock by the time my hair and my makeup was finished it was probably around three the rehearsal show with the friends and the family was at about four and the actual show was planned to be at around six so I had time to spare I was not about to walk around with chapped lips girl you can miss me with that I put a little bit of lip balm on I brushed my hair and I said girl now I'm serving now Reminder, I don't know what I'm wearing. And this is the main stress of any kind of show that I've done because you never get confirmed looks before you get into a show. So I'm always looking for the board. Now the board is all the looks of the show and it shows like the pictures of you at the casting that they've taken and you're put on the board. So I go up to the board with one of my friends, Harry. Hello, bestie, if you're listening. We're looking and I notice that every single look that I've fitted for is on the board. And I'm like, oh my gosh, slay. I got every single look, that's incredible. And then the director of the show is like, okay guys, get into your first looks. So I go to my rail and I have a dresser. That dresser was my bestie. We were on the same wavelength because sometimes you can get a dresser. Now a dresser is someone that dresses you. I know, crazy. Because it can get very hectic and we will get into the hecticness of this show. But because it can get very hectic, you need someone that can like get you out of the outfits, help you into the next one when you have a quick change. My dresser passes me my first look and it's a look that I haven't fitted for. And I'm like, oh no, this isn't my look. So they go up and talk to someone and then someone comes up to me and they're like, no, these are all of your looks on this rail. I count the looks, there are nine. And I say to them, I say, there are nine looks here, bestie. This is not normal. And I get confirmation that I have eight quick changes and nine looks throughout the show. You guys, oh my gosh, there was part of me that was so excited because nine looks, that's such an honor. But there was also part of me that was incredibly scared because not only have I not worn what like, what's nine takeaway three? Shut up. Stop screaming and laughing at me. Six? Seven, eight, nine. Yeah, six. Yeah, I got it at the end. Not only have I not worn six of these looks, I also don't know how quick I can change in and out of them, which is why, again, I have the dresser. So I get into my first look and the crazy thing is for this rehearsal, we're doing it in front of, like I said, friends and family. A rehearsal walk is normally in front of no one bestie. It's, on, it's in front of the director of the show, but this is not a rehearsal. This is the, this is the real deal. I'm screaming. I get into the first look, which is literally, it's very Balenciaga-esque. And it's just like this black look that goes all the way down its address. And it has like a hoop around the end, which was so useful because the fabric just attached to the hoop that I could kick while I was walking. So it's easy for me to walk because I needed that hoop. I could not see anything. I had a mask over my head. It, I couldn't see anything through it. I screamed. Now backstage, they're like, this is the dress rehearsal. And I look on the monitors and I'm like, there are people in the audience. They're like, yeah, that's the friends and family. And I'm like, God, this isn't a rehearsal show. This is a show. This is just not the press show yet. I haven't worn any of these looks. I don't know how quick the quick changes are. And I'm like straighten at the deep end. For reference, a lot of the other models were wearing like 
six outfits. They had about five quick changes. There was a small group of us, maybe like four of us that had nine. So I walk, I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking, and it's fine. The first look's done. We're told when we go off stage, we have to run. The sat-out is, you walk the runway, you just walk down it. We weren't walking back up, which was so incredible. I love that. I don't like walking back up a runway. It's awkward, I'm gonna be real. Turning around on a runway, awkward. I don't know why there's something awkward about it. So I just walked down once and then you leave stage left. You'd leave and then you'd run back to backstage. And I ran back to backstage, my dresser was there and I had to get into my next look. The next look was the white look, which I was kind of dreading wearing because reminder, this is the one that I could not walk in. We get it on and it's stressful. There's about four people that are dressing me now, getting me out of my first look, which was skin tight, into my next look that was just tight in general because it has corsets, it had these trousers that were like full of fabric, these shoes that were custom that didn't fit me necessarily. Now, I don't know where I got all this adrenaline from because I couldn't walk in these looks but I was sprinting in them. I was sprinting from my dressing rail to the backstage. Now, what happens at a show is that there's a lineup. So there's a lineup of the way the looks are. The first time I walked out, I was wearing the black look and I was in the lineup. Now the lineup doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna be at the back. When I was in the white look, I just made it to the lineup where I was just about to go on. During this like hour and a half show, I was just running. I was very, very thirsty, I'm gonna be honest. I'm in this look, and I'm walking in it. So like I said, this is the one with excess fabric and I'm slipping. In the rehearsal, I was slipping. It's very hard to walk in. And I made a TikTok about this. Do not judge models on their walk at runway, especially if they're wearing like a ridiculous outfit like I was. Was it a beautiful garment? Yes, it was stunning. Was it incredibly hard to walk in? Oh my God, it was insane. It was crazy. The shoes didn't fit me. I was slipping on all of the fabric. I wasn't slipping dramatically, but I could feel that I was slipping. I don't think it was showing. I was like skidding forward. It was really scary because I was like, I'm gonna fall over. You know, it's not good when you're thinking halfway down the runway, how do I recover when I fall over? What am I gonna do? How am I gonna slay? Anyway, luckily I don't fall over. And then I'm running. Again, I'm running in this look that I could barely walk in a couple of seconds ago, back to my rail to change into my next look. What was my next look? My next look was a very simple one, which was very slay. It was just a dress with flats. I know, I was walking without heels. Maybe the Paris casting director was onto something. It was a nice change from all that fabric that I was wearing last time. So I walked that one, it's pretty simple. I run back to my rail. The next look I have is another simple look. Oh my gosh, it was so good for me at this point. At this point. This look was just like jeans and a denim jacket, but I was wearing this massive headpiece that I could see through. I could, there was a hole in it. Now what I loved about this headpiece is that I could, I could people watch in the audience. I was looking through the audience, it was great. Just a bit of a side note, if I miss any looks, I'm sorry. So if you're like adding these looks up and you're like, Kit, that didn't come to nine looks. You only talked about six. Girl, I can't remember them all. I'm going to be honest. I'm struggling to remember them. I literally had to just stop recording for a second and pull up the London College of Fashion live stream and I'm going through it. So that look was just like all black, a massive headpiece. And what I loved about it was that I was incognito. Bitches didn't know it was me. I could have done anything on that runway and no one knew it was me. It was great. The next look that I did after this one was, I'm just scrolling through it now. Oh, this is kind of fun. I'm doing it live. Oh my gosh, not the live stream. That's not it. It's really funny because a lot of the masculine framed people, they just had like, really nice simple looks and i was out here like screaming and crying in like dresses okay what was my next look come on bestie oh my gosh okay the look after this one was the telephone wire jumpsuit which is incredibly hard to wear and a little bit of context a little bit of lore is that the day of i got told that i was wearing a massive headpiece as well so i went from headpiece to headpiece now this headpiece i was wearing for the telephone wire look was incredibly heavy and that was just balancing on my head 
it was massive. But not only was this look already hard to walk in in and of itself, I then had this massive headpiece that was kind of like making me want to fall over backwards. This is what I mean when I say don't judge models walks because you just don't know what they're going through because they're trying to make it look as effortless as they can, but they're literally wearing garments that maybe way more than them. It's a workout, I'm gonna be real. But this look, again, it was one of the ones where I was like, I don't care how I look, I just wanna walk this runway. There are a couple of looks this runway that I was just like, you guys, I just wanna get to step in and walk the runway. I don't care if I don't look like a top model right now. I just wanna make it from A to Z. A little bit of context for this look as well was that I actually missed this look in the rehearsal because the quick change was literally like, you guys, I'm talking 40 seconds to get out of one couture garment into the next. And that is just insane. These are editorial looks that take like five minutes to get into for an editorial shoot. So it was just crazy, but it was so much fun. But I missed that in the rehearsal. But on the actual show, it was so insane because we knew that we didn't have a lot of time between each look there were like I'm not kidding around six people dressing me and undressing me and then the designer came and was like telling people off because they weren't doing it right and I had to shout at them I know I became a bit of a diva I was like you have to leave go away and I know what you're thinking Kit was that a bit rude yeah it probably was but also I was doing it for their sake because I wanted to get their look out as much as they did and I had to be like Bestie you need to leave you're shouting into nothingness okay you're not helping we need to get out on the runway so he did that I ran out on the runway and like I said I was just going from A to B I wasn't even trying to look good you guys I was just trying to survive sorry that I've kind of skipped over like the rehearsal law and then the actual show law but I'm just going to talk about the looks and then talk about each experience that I had in the rehearsal and in the actual show in the rehearsal for this next look this next look is the one that's on my Instagram that I'm walking in it's a very colorful look, it's fur, it's stunning. Oh, it was my favorite look of the night. I'm gonna be real with you guys. Because I could serve in my walk, I was wearing a heel, and I knew that this outfit looked good on me. I'm gonna be honest. So in the rehearsal, it went as good as it could have, you know, it was it was good, it was a good time. Now in the actual show, the designer came up to me and she was like, you have a coat, I want you to work with it. I want you to show it off. And I was like, do you want me to be wearing it halfway through the runway and then take it off? the next half. We were like talking about what we were doing in the lineup. Like I was about to go on the runway and we were making this split decision. I walked out on the runway in this fur jacket and it was on my shoulders to begin with. And I was walking down and then I took it off bitch and I felt like the only model. I look back and it was not that gag worthy to be honest but I felt great. I'm gonna be honest, that was my favorite look of the night. The next look of the night was my final look. This look was stunning. Was it hard to walk in? Yes. They were custom eight inch heels. They didn't fit me at all, but I tried my best, you guys. I'm gonna be honest. And I loved the way it looked in pictures. Walking it was not that great. But after I finished this look, I was like, okay, I'm done. But before I get onto like what happened next, I wanna talk about the rush and the high of that show. Like I said, that show is probably one of my favorite shows I've ever done, just because of the chaos, the complete chaos. And everyone was so nice. I wanna emphasize that the people working there, the directors, the runners, everyone, they were so sweet and courteous of the models, constantly asking if we were okay, if we were comfortable in the outfits that we were wearing. And that is what you need, because if you're working in conditions that just don't feel like they're favoring you, or they don't feel like they really care about you. I would have done that and I would have been burnt out. But because I was in an environment where people were telling me that I was doing great, that I looked good, asking me if I was okay, I was like, you know what, I wanna serve for you guys. You give what you get. No, you get what you give. And that's what they were giving and that's what they were getting from Kit Costello. But yeah, the chaos was insane. I was genuinely running. And it's really annoying that I can't like show you guys the backstage footage or like even the set out of the backstage because I was running in these outfits I could barely walk in and I don't know how. I think it was just like, I need to be here at this point and I'm gonna run. Like those eight inch 
red custom heels I was talking about that I could barely walk in. After I got off the runway, I didn't need to because it was my final look, but I ran. It was crazy. But also talking about that bit when you come off the runway and I had to run to my rail to get changed. Again, it wasn't right next to the runway. You come off and there was like a little bit of like a wall. You'd run off and there were stairs. Maybe like three or four steps. Most of the time I jumped. I just jumped, I didn't care. And as I was running, I was taking off pieces of clothing and just throwing them places. But then I was telling the designers when they were like coming to get their outfits, I was like, I took it off there. Because they know in these situations, the models need to get butt naked to get the next look on basically. Another thing that was really cool is that before all of that chaos ensued, after I did my hair and my makeup, they had like a little studio set up for editorials. We would wear some of the designers accessories on our outfits. And I got to wear like this like cowboy hat with all these belts. And it looked really cool. And I can't wait to post those pictures on my Instagram. But that was kind of the law of the show. But after the show was finished, I got into my normal clothes. I left. I was frazzled. And I realized that the press were getting the party. And I stopped and I said, um, excuse me. You guys are out here. You just sat through a show that us models have put on for you. How come you're getting a party? How come you're getting the champagne? Bitch, I went in there and I crashed. Yeah. I stole a glass of champagne and I was looking around. I don't drink alcohol, but I kind of just had it out of spite. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I was tipsy. Maybe I was a little bit tipsy. Not too bad. Okay, so we have come to the end of this episode. But before I go, bestie, reminder, I give you guys a recommendation and I answer a question as always. The first recommendation that I have is a deep cut. No, it's not even a deep cut. It's, for me, it's a deep cut because I haven't listened to this song in so long. It's Guy by Lady Gaga. G-U-Y. If you just want to feel hyped up, listen to this song. It's an acronym. G-U-Y. It means girl under you. It's an empowered song. It's a feminist anthem. It's so slay! You need to listen to it if you haven't already, okay? Now the question of the week is, how do you get onto runway? A lot of the questions I get on my TikTok are like, how do I get castings for Fashion Week if I'm not signed? To get castings for Fashion Week when you're not signed to an agency is quite hard, but I would recommend looking at open casting calls for universities. So if you look on, I don't know, I feel like Facebook, you could find a lot of like casting calls for Fashion Week, open ones, but you wanna make sure that they're legit, you know? Definitely university ones do a lot of open casting calls because they want diverse cast. And the way to get a diverse cast is just making an open call to see as many people as they can. That would be my advice about London Fashion Week. And that is how I would recommend to get castings if you're not signed to an agency. But I think that concludes the episode of the self-interrupted with Kit Costello London Fashion Week special. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode. If you have, I'd really, really appreciate it if you rated this episode on Spotify. If you left a review on Apple Podcasts, a written review would mean so much to me. You can follow me on Instagram at kit.costello. You can follow me on TikTok at kit.costello. You can leave your questions, your story times at kitcanbeinteresting.com and I will read or answer them. But other than that, I hope that you have an incredible week. I'm sending you love as always, Kit. <laughs>